Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L, and also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take. Uh, This week, we're going to do a preview of franchise tags for 2022 and who the potential candidates are. Before last Sunday's games, the week uh, 13 games, um, there's an NFL.com report that the um, salary cap in 2022 is expected to be at the $208.2 million ceiling that was set um, over the summer between NFLPA and the NFL. Uh, Knowing that piece of information allows us to better project uh, what the franchise tags are going to be. Something I've been doing for the past few years is I've been uh, manually tracking the data which goes into the franchise tags and then um, as we get towards the latter part of the season I'll verify that my data that I've calculated myself is accurate with uh, some sources I have around the NFL um, so the numbers that I have tend to be pretty spot on now the reason why the um, what the where the salary cap uh, is set matters for franchise tags is because of the methodology for the non-exclusive franchise tags. There are two types of tags. There's the exclusive tag uh, for franchise players and the non-exclusive one. The two big differences between the two, one with the exclusive tag, um, you can't shop yourself for an offer sheet, and then how they calculate the salaries. For the exclusive ones, it's the greater of the average of the uh, top five salaries at a player's position for the current year at the end of the restricted uh, free agent signing period or 120% of your prior year's salary. The restricted free agent signing period for the 2022 league year will end April 22nd. For non-exclusive franchise players, you are allowed to shop yourself. And if you sign an offer sheet for another team that's not matched, your prior club gets two first-round picks. The last person to move for full compensation um, as a franchise player was Joey Galloway. I believe that was in either 1999 or 2000. So that doesn't happen. Usually if you have someone move, it's in a sign-and-trade, a franchise player sign-and-trade. But now where the cap comes in is the methodology is you for how you calculate the exclusive tags, average of the top five, players at a salaries uh, at a player's position you do that for the previous year and do it for the and sum that up for the previous five years then you add up what 
the uh, league salary cap has been for the previous five seasons. You divide those numbers two into each other. That gives you what's called the cap percentage average. So each franchise tag number to position is a percentage of the salary cap. And then you multiply that by what the salary cap is for the upcoming league year. Uh, we saw that because of that, and the salary cap dropping from $198.2 million to $182.5 million from the 2020 league year to the, to the current league year, franchise tag numbers took a drop last year. They're going to jump up dramatically this year because um, the cap is going to go up assuming that $208.2 million report is correct a little over 14% from where it currently is now. So that's going to have a big impact on the um, franchise tag numbers. You have um, from what will be this year, February 22nd, until March 8th to designate players as a franchise player, franchise or transition player. Each team can designate one player if they want to, don't necessarily have to. Ten teams designated players last year. That includes Dak Prescott, who formally got the tag and then immediately signed a long-term deal. Six of those players that were franchised last year um, did not sign long-term deals. If you are a franchise player and you don't sign a long-term deal by July 15, you can only sign a one-year deal um, with your club uh, for the rest of the year. And at that point, you are prohibited from signing a long-term deal until the regular season ends. So the six guys who didn't sign long-term deals that are playing under franchise tenders this year can sign franchise sign long-term deals once the regular season ends. 18's games are being held on Sunday, uh, January 9th, so on Monday, uh, January 10th. Theoretically, these guys could sign um, long-term deals. I don't really see that happening, but that's logistically how it works. So we're going to go by this position by position um, in terms of franchise tag. So we'll start with the quarterback. Uh, there isn't going to be anybody who's going to be a quarterback this year who gets a franchise tag. Uh, the number at $208.2 million is a salary cap. Projects to $29.703 million. Um, that's um, what we call an 18. It's good, that means it's going to take. It's going to be an 18.32 uh, percent increase uh, over the current salary cap, uh, provided that I am right in terms of my calculations. And it should take up. 14.266% of the cap is what the quarterback number should take up. Where, where this is going to have an impact is the for fifth-year options, and potentially Kyler Murray, because if he gets another Pro Bowl berth on the first ballot, that's two. That means his fifth-year option is going to be this year's franchise tag number. So Kyler Murray's franchise tag number for the fifth-year I mean, his fifth-year option would be 277 29.703 million. Uh, running back. Don't see anyone who's a running back getting a franchise tag this year. That number has been dropping uh, back when Le'Veon Bell was franchised, I believe, in 2017 for the first time. It was 
two million. Since we're going back over five years, you still have that law of when running back salaries took a dip and there weren't any $10 million per year running backs um, in the league. So that number is going to go up uh, this year. It's, 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 it's going to be $9.57 million, uh, this year. And that's going to be a 10.57% um, uh, increase. Um, that's actually the smallest percentage increase of any from last year's number of any of these franchise tags. And it's going to take up 4.597% of the cap. No running backs should get franchised. Now, wide receiver, um, this is where you potentially could have a couple of guys tagged. And first we're going to talk about a guy, one of the guys who wasn't tagged, who was tagged this year. Allen Robinson, they're not going to tag him. Um, for a second time. It'd be the 120% uh, calculation coming into play with Allen Robinson. His franchise tag number uh, this year was $17.98 um, uh, uh, There is no way the Bears are going to franchise him again. Uh, he's not on the same page with uh, Justin Fields. No chemistry. 30 catches, 339 yards, one touchdown in nine games. He's going to hit the open market. Second franchise tag for him, the way everything works, would be $21.556 million. Not happening. Chris Godwin, um, franchised by the Buccaneers this year. He's going to set a career high in catches, barring injury. He has 82 catches for 949 yards and five TDs. His career high is 86 catches. Second franchise tag for him, the 120% provisions would kick in as well, $19,179,600. That's not happening. Now, there's another wide receiver where the 120% uh, provisions kick in, and from a pure talent standpoint, he's a no-brainer as a franchise tag. That's um, Devontae Adams with the Green Bay Packers. They tried to negotiate a long-term deal. He wants to be the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL, and he's got a great case for that because since the beginning of the 2018 season, nobody has more catches than he does. He's got 389. He's got the most receiving yards, 4,840, and the second-most receiving touchdowns, 41. So production's unparalleled. So if you're the most productive receiver over a period of time, you can make a case you should be the highest-paid guy because (laughs) – you don't necessarily have to be the uh, most productive to be the highest paid guy. It's just a function, your deal being leverage and timing. The Packers didn't want to acknowledge the Andre Hopkins extension with three years left on his contract, um, which averages $27.25 million per year. They wanted, kind of to th- they wanted to throw that out. I guarantee you if that deal had come in more favorably, they'd be counting it and using that against him. So, you got to be consistent, can't have it both ways. Now, that being said, the 120% provisions kick in for him, so his franchise tag number would be $20.12 million because the cap percentage average number would be $18.419 million. That's a 15.24% increase over uh, last year, um, and the the cap percentage number is going to take up 8.847% of the cap. Now, problem with Green Bay <laughs> is 
they have extreme cap issues uh, for 2022. Because when you start looking at cap commitments for 2022, Green Bay's got the second most in the league. Um, according to FLPA data, they've got $246.16 million of cap commitments for 42 players under contract. Got a top 51 count in the offseason. So you add in Devontae Adams, you're already looking to be extremely over the cap. We'll say close 38.7 million over the cap. That's another 20. So you're getting close to 60. And then you have to start shedding payroll, uh, restructuring contracts. So he should be a guy who gets franchised. We'll see if their cap problems prevent it. Then another guy to keep an eye on as a wide receiver, Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's playing this year under a 15.68 million fifth-year option. He's having a career year. Got off to a great start. Hit a little bit of a law. Um, already has a career high in catches with 56. He's gonna easily set a career high in yardage. So if you take 120% of his fifth-year option, you're getting to 18.816 million as his um, franchise tag number. Thing is, if they really want to keep him around, the Chargers, they can. They have the second-fewest cap commitments for 2022. It's only 33 players under contract, but right now they've got 144.9 in cap commitments. Cap's going to be 208.2. Once you've the top 51, you still have plenty of room to spare. So, say they got like 73 million in cap space, just roughly doing the math. If they want to keep him around, can't work out a long-term deal, they can stick a franchise tag on him. This is a team which did stick a franchise tag on Hunter Henry um, a couple of years ago because they couldn't work out a long-term deal um, with Hunter Henry, and Hunter Henry's never been a Pro Bowl caliber tight end and was coming off of a season in which he caught 55 passes for 652 yards in 12 games. I know tight end production, unless your name is George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, isn't the same as wide receiver production, but they've used it to restrict a guy who wasn't a true marquee player in recent history, so there's no, it's nothing that says they won't do it again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of tight ends, let's move to that position. Two tight ends, to me, potentially could get tagged, and, and one guy is more likely than the other. Uh, Mike Jasicki of the uh, Miami Dolphins, just because the Dolphins have the fewest cap commitments for 2022. They only have $133.5 million of cap commitments. That is with 36 players under contract. So, if you have basically $77 million in cap space, anybody you want to keep, you can, or should be able to. The tight end number projects to 
to 10.931 million. Uh, that's going to be a 13.85% increase over last year's number. And the tight end number should take up 5.25% of the cap. Now, Dallas Cowboys weren't really, didn't know which way the tight end position job was going to go this year. The only reason Dalton Schultz got on the field extensively last year is because Blake Jarwin uh, tore up his knee in the season opener. Dalton Schultz, to the surprise of many, won a preseason training camp uh, battle to be the tight end. Then he got off to a great start, so he was solidifying it. Blake Jarwin was probably out for the year for hip injury. Big problem with Dallas is they got cap issues for next year. So they might have better franchise anybody, but he would be the most likely candidate. They've got $223.68 million of cap commitments with 43 players under contract. So you do the math, $208.2 million salary cap ceiling, and you don't have enough room right now to uh, franchise anybody. But that's something that can be easily rectified because we know Dallas has a history of kicking a can down the road and one deal that they're going to uh, restructure. That's why they stuck in a voiding fake dummy fifth year is with Dak Prescott. So that's that's one that you definitely will see. But uh, put Dalton Schultz on the list, even though I don't think he is the most likely guy to get franchised. Now let's go to offensive linemen. Um, we had a couple that were franchised last year. Uh, Brandon Scherf for the Washington football team will not be franchised for a third time. He is currently playing under an $18.036 million franchise tag. When you franchise someone for a third time in a career, it is 144% of their prior year's salary or the position which has the biggest non-exclusive franchise tag number. So if you go by the 144% calculations, that's $25,971,840. But the quarterback number is $29.703 million. Washington is not franchising Brandon Scherf for 29703000 million. Simply isn't going to happen. There's something um, interesting going on with the uh, offensive line number. You had Cam Robinson, a surprise franchise tag in 2021 by the Jaguars. I'm not ruling him out as being franchised because they put one on him to begin with, which probably wasn't warranted. He isn't doing anything to warrant a second one. But by the usually if you're franchised once, the 120% provisions are what govern, and it's not the cap percentage average number that from that formula. But for offensive tackle, this will be one of those rare instances where that happens because the 120% number is $16,504,800. By the formula, it's a little bit different. It's $16.662 million. I'm not going to rule it out. I wouldn't put the first franchise tag on Cam Robinson, but that's what it would cost for a second one. One guy who can't be franchised that probably would be a good candidate is New Orleans Saints um, left tackle, Taron Armstead. And the reason that is is you have to designate a franchise player by March 8th. They've 
added voiding dummy years to his contracts when they restructure him in New Orleans. His 2021 contract year does not void until the last day of the 2021 league year, which is also the first day of the 2022 league year, March 16th. Even though that's a fake dummy year, the way it works is because that is still a real contract year. At the date of when the designation period ends, you can't franchise him, so he's going to be unrestricted. If I'm Jacksonville, I'm not. I'm going to let Cam Robinson walk, and I'm going to put a full court press on Taron Armstead. And if I got to overpay him, so be it. They're going to have close to $70 million in cap space, most likely. The way it stands right now, they've got a surplus of $27.5 million that they can carry over from this league year to the 2022 league year. That's that's the route I'm going to go um, if I'm the Jaguars. Now, the real interesting one is in Kansas City because Kansas City gave up an arm and a leg to get Orlando Brown Jr. to play left tackle. He didn't want to be a right tackle with the Ravens. Turns out, in hindsight, the Ravens probably should have kept him, given all the injuries on the offensive line. Uh, that only would have gotten a compensatory third-round pick for him in 2023 free agency. Or they could have franchised him for, with the intent to trade him. But the Chiefs gave up their um, 2021 first-round pick, which was 31st. 2021 third round pick, which was 94th, a 2021 fourth round pick, which was 136th, and a 2022 uh, fifth round selection for Brown, a 2021 second round pick, which is 58th, and a 2022 sixth round pick. Now, when you don't get a contract done after giving up significant draft capital, you give the player a ton of leverage. He's going to be looking to go well over $20 million per year. Now that you see it, the going rate for high-caliber right tackles is $19 million in the $19 million per year neighborhood. You're not going to get him at Ronnie Stanley money, which probably would have been his floor in his mind before the right tackle market exploded at $19.5 million per year. You've got Trent Williams, who's highest paid left tackle, or offensive lineman at $23.01 million. David Bakhtiari at $23 million. And you've got Laramie Tunsil at $22 million. Chiefs, probably going to have to get in that territory for Orlando Brown, given the draft capital they gave up. And also, he's going to be looking at the fact, you guys went out in free agency and made Joe Tooney the highest paid interior offensive lineman at guard. So, you gave up draft capital to get me. So... <laughs> The number's taken a huge jump this year. It's gone up uh, 16.47% from last year. Excuse me, it's gone up 21, 21.14%, my fault, uh, from last year. That's a pretty big jump. That The uh, jump in the uh, franchise tag number is more than the, 120, than the 20% from the year before, and the offensive line number is going to take up 8.003% of the salary cap. Let's uh, look at the defensive side of the ball now. First, we'll start with um, defensive ends. Um, I've never understood why 
there isn't just an edge rusher number. The defensive ends and linebackers are split into separate categories because a 4-3 defensive end and a 3-4 outside linebacker are basically interchangeable. And the 3-4 outside linebackers get included in the linebacker number, so off-ball linebackers are rarely franchised. I believe the last one to be franchised was David Harris by the Jets in 2011. But that hasn't been remedied yet. Same thing could apply to offensive linemen because it's um, no differentiation between tackles, guards, and centers. It could at least be tackles and then a number four interior offensive line, but that didn't happen either. But anyway, enough of my rant. There really aren't any guys playing defensive end who would really fit. So I'm going to talk about the edge rushers uh, together. Chandler Jones of the Cardinals won't be happening. Um, $25 million because the 120% provisions would be his franchise tag number. That's not going to happen. Um, You have something interesting happening this year that typically doesn't. Usually, defensive end is more than the linebacker number. And most of the grievances over a franchise tag are because three, four outside linebackers want to be classified as defensive ends. We had Matthew Judon file um, a grievance in 2020 that got settled where he got a hybrid number, the average of the two numbers. So his was 16.808 million. You had uh, Shaquille Barrett, the Buccaneers, um, do the same thing. They ultimately settled it where he got an additional 1.372 million than his linebacker tag. This year, the defensive end number has gone up to second lowest percentage behind um, running backs. It's going up 11.14%. The number projects to 17.859 million. That's going to be 8.578% of the cap is what that number would take up. Linebacker has leapfrogged it. Linebacker is almost a million dollars more. Linebacker last year was 14.79, or this year it's 14.791 million. It's going up to 18.702 million. That's a 26.44% increase. That is the largest increase of any of the franchise tag numbers this year to position. The defensive end number last year was 16.06, or this year I should say 16.069 million. That's a dramatic jump, and the reason that is is that the guys who are three, four outside linebackers have the highest cap numbers, and that's driving, or have for the past couple of years, and that's driving everything. That being said, there are a couple outside linebackers I'm putting on the list as potential tag candidates, even though it's very iffy if either one gets tagged. First guy's going to be uh, Hassan Reddick from the Carolina Panthers. He had 12 and a half sacks last year. Um, with the Cardinals, and coincidentally, we've talked about a guy that opened up a position switch for him. They'd been trying to make him an off-ball linebacker in Arizona. Chandler Jones goes out for the year for an injury. He ends up becoming a going forward instead of backward and rushing the passer. Twelve and a half sacks, which is fourth in the NFL. Goes to Carolina on a one-year deal for six million, worth up to eight million through incentives, and he's proven that he's not just a one-hit wonder. He's seventh in sacks right now of ten and a half. And if you look at sacks over the past two years, 
Um, he's fourth with 23. Problem is, he's undersized. He's like 235 pounds, so he's not a great scheme fit for everybody. Do you really want to put an $18.702 million tag on him? Um, you could probably get him. You should be able to get him for cheaper in free agency, but that's not necessarily the point of a tag is to make sure you don't lose somebody. Now, another interesting case to me is Harold Landry with the Tennessee Titans. And, and, and first, the um, Panthers have about $30 million in cap space. Then let's go to Harold Landry. He's got 10 sacks. This year he's tied for eighth. Problem in Tennessee is they paid Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree tore his ACL um, last December of Pittsburgh. Then they go out and sign him to a five-year, $82.5 million deal. Um, averaging $16.5 million per year. But Dupree had a very ambitious return schedule, thought he'd be ready for the start of the regular season. Wasn't quite ready. Came and pl- played, but he w- clearly wasn't ready. So then they kind of had to uh, deactivate him for him to get back up to speed. And he hasn't been productive. I'd say they're not getting their money's worth for the signing this year because he's currently on IR. I think of an ab injury, and he's played seven games, seven tackles, one sack. If I'm Harold Landry and you want to extend me, the first thing I'm saying is, if I'm his agent, first thing I'm saying is, uh, I'm doing what you paid Bud Dupree to do, so if you want me to stay here, you got to pay me more than Bud Dupree. I don't know if he can get that in the open market, but Tennessee's going to have about $21 million in cap space. million tag number, so we'll see where that one goes. Now, there won't won't be any off-ball linebackers um, who get tagged. This could have been a year where we saw that happen, but they already got extended. And that would have been Fred Warner from the 49ers and Darius Leonard from the Colts, but they both became the highest-paid off-ball linebackers. Um, first Warner at 19 million per year, and then Leonard at slight at uh, 19.75 million per year. So that won't happen. Let's go to uh, safety now. You had uh, two safeties who are playing under franchise tags right now. Marcus May um, for the Jets. He's not getting tagged again. He tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. They probably weren't going to tag him again anyway. Um, but that removes that from the equation. Marcus Williams, $10.612 million tag for both these guys. By the 120% provision, that tag would be $12,734,400. But by the cap percentage average formula, safety is going up 21.66%. That means the cap percentage average number is going to apply to Marcus Williams. That projects to $12.911 million. And it should take up 6.201% of the cap safety number. I didn't think he'd get franchised last year because the Saints had to uh, shed about $110 million of cap commitments in order to franchise anybody last year. They did it and then some to get to him. If they can shed that type of space, even though they have the most cap commitments for 2022 at $260.278 million with 41 players under contract, I am not ruling out them doing the same thing again. Because if you don't, he's going to be looking at how the safety market changed. He's going to be looking at Jamal Adams at $17.5 million, um, 
with Seattle, which is a very polarizing deal. And then you've got Harrison Smith, um, who's an older guy at, at 31 years old, benefits uh, from the Jamal Adams deal. Uh, you had uh, Justin Simmons from Denver, who was also franchised uh, this year, set the market at $15.5 million. And now those two guys have blown right past him because uh, it to be into training in the preseason. Um, Harrison Smith signs for $16 million per year on a four-year extension. And this is a guy that is 32 years old right now. So Marcus Williams is going to be thinking, i got to be up in that stratosphere. The Saints want to retain him, and they've done a great job of keeping guys from that they've wanted to, particularly from his 2017 draft class, um, Brian Ramsick and Marshawn Lattimore. That gets us to um, Jesse Bates. Bates won an extension in Cincinnati before the season started, publicly complained about it when he spoke to the media um, during the preseason. I think the lack of a contract beginning of the year was affecting his play. He was great last year, kind of tailed off a little bit. But Cincinnati's a team on the rise. Uh, they're going to have over $60 million in cap space. Um, they've got the third fewest cap commitments for 2022 at $155.36 million. So there's no reason for him to hit the open market um, or get out of Cincinnati. He wants to stay there. Um, so the tag makes a lot of sense for him. One safety he won't be getting a franchise tag who wanted a deal is Tyran Matthew. By the 120% salary increase provisions, his tag is going to be $23.63 million. And Brett Veach, their GM, was, was crying poor with the salary cap is why they couldn't extend him during the offseason. To me, that's, that's a flimsy excuse because you can extend anyone you want for the most part, the salary cap. <laughs> Maybe the cash flow issue, that's a whole different thing. But he's an older safety. He's looking at that Harrison Smith thing going, all right, at 32, he gets 16. I turn 30 in May. If you're going to pay me, it's going to have to be uh, in that stratosphere. The deal they signed him in free agency at $14 million per year. At the time, tied him as the highest paid safety. He's obviously been passed at $14 million per year. Probably someplace between Adams and Smith would get a deal done for him to stay, but you better act quickly between the end of the regular season and the start of free agency. If he's looking for every last dollar, he might be gone. Kansas City continues to right the ship, particularly with the defense, and they make a deep playoff run or get back to Super Bowl, maybe win another title. He might be inclined to do like some guys did in Tampa Bay last year and take a little less to stay put. Now, speaking of Tampa, let's move to cornerbacks. Uh, Tampa is a team which has two options for a franchise tag. Um, Chris Godwin, who could get a second. Carlton Davis, um, who's been out most of the year. Very good cover corner. Um, they're going to have about $33 million in cap space. The choice will become one of those two. The cornerback numbers going up 14.79% from last year are projected to 
17.287 million. Um, that would be 8.303% of the salary cap. Now, to me, the really interesting one is New England's got a great defense. They couldn't get anything done with J.C. Jackson. They're going to have about $27 million of cap space. He was named Defensive Player of the Month in November for the hottest team in football that is winning with its defense. One of the big question marks on him, and they're playing more zone than they did earlier, was could he make the transition from being the number two corner when Stephon Gilmore was there to the number one corner? Um, He had nine interceptions last year. It was second in the league to Xavier Howard. He's second in the league this year with seven. Since the start of the 2019 league year, he's blown everybody away in interceptions with 21. He's got a league-high 17 passes defensed. He's doing everything you could possibly do in a contract year to get paid. (laughs) So, if I'm New England, I stick the franchise tag on J.C. Jackson, worry about everything else later, because you put him in the open market, he's probably going to do very well. Um, I think his floor would be Byron Jones at the $16.5 million he got. Uh, to go be the number two corner in Miami a couple of years ago. Um, so $17.287 million franchise tag for J.C. Jones is what it would take to make sure he is a New England Patriot next year. Kickers, punters, that number's going up um, 18.32%. Excuse me, that number's going up 16.47%. It, w- it projects to $5.22 million, but I don't think there'll be a kicker or a punter that gets franchised this year. Okay, that's going to do it for our franchise tag preview. Collectively, the numbers are going to go up 18.02% from last year. Huge increase because of big increase in the salary cap. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also check out my CBSSports.com column, Agent's Take, and we'll see you back here next time.